Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. So welcome to Dive Matthew, where we're going to be doing 28 chapters of Matthew in 28 days. For the first study, you're going to want to download our dive guide at www.divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. Dive studies are our version of inductive Bible study. This particular study of Matthew was the first one we did back in 2019. I hosted that dive guide in a different format on a different website at the time, but now if you want to join in and see how to do a dive study before committing to join us live, you'll want to go ahead and go to divecollective.org to download and get started. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and read through the second chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to skip ahead because you've already read the chapter, you can go ahead and do that now. You're going to want to join back in at approximately 4 minutes and 25 seconds. All right, Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, report back to me, so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who intended to kill the child are dead. 
So he got up, took the child and his mother, and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. So that's chapter 2, and then that covers the wise men visiting in addition to Jesus' family fleeing to Egypt for his protection and then them coming back. So we're going to jump into observation. And again, before we get into observation, because we're still in that first week, I really want to walk through exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it. So when we go through the observation portion, what we're looking at is just the surface level of the text. We're just looking at making basic observations uh, without reading between the lines, because in order to make good interpretations, you have to make sure that what you're observing is accurate. Because if you're making interpretations without accurately observing the text, you're gonna you could go off into left field somewhere. And what's interesting about what we're gonna do in chapter two that I love is that this Bible story that we hear about the shepherds and the wise men, um, the picture that we've always been given, this nativity scene mm-hmm. of the, the, the shepherds coming to worship Jesus and the wise men arriving at the same time with their myrrh, you're going to find out as we read this text accurately that that's not at all the picture of what's what really happened during that time. So My mom would be so proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of it. It's really fun to read the text and find out, oh my gosh, everything yeah. that I learned is yeah. just a little bit off. Yeah. And so we're going to look at that because it's it's important to the application that we're going to be doing. And so I'm going to go into my observations and then we're going to take from that our interpretations. But again, you'll notice as I do my observations that I'm just going to be reading some things that we read almost word for word in the text. So for number one, I have the wise men arrived after Jesus was born. Number two, the wise men informed Herod that a Jewish king had been born. That's from verse two. Number three, in trying to kill the Savior, Herod ends up fulfilling multiple prophecies. Mm. Number four, in verse three, I have all of Jerusalem was equally as disturbed as Herod. Number five, the wise men were first to bring news to Jerusalem that the Messiah had been born. Uh, And we see that from that same set of verses, I think three and four it is. And we basically are seeing that um, nobody had even heard that there was a king in Jerusalem that had been born. So this Mm -hmm. is the first news that's being brought to anybody publicly that the king had been born. Okay. Number six, I have chief priests and scribes knew where he would be born because they knew the word. Mm -hmm. Because they searched the word and that's that's how they told Herod he would be in Bethlehem. Number seven, wise men come to Herod looking for a king. Number eight, Herod secretly summoned wise men to ask exact time the star appeared. That's from verse seven. Number nine, Herod told the wise men Jesus' whereabouts were in Bethlehem and to search there. Number 10, the star appeared and led them to the place where the child was. Number 11, I wrote that we don't know if the child actually was found in Bethlehem. All we know is that a star led, a star is what ended up leading them because the star reappeared and that's what led them to find Jesus where he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12, when they entered the house where Jesus was, they were overwhelmed with joy. They fell to their knees and they worshiped. Number 13, warned in a dream, they did not go back to Herod referring to the wise men there number 14 herod being outwitted flew into a rage killed all the babies under two around bethlehem in keeping with what herod 
had heard from the wise men. That's what I have for observations. Now, obviously, there's so much more. I didn't even really get into Joseph fleeing mm-hmm. into Egypt. And so somebody else making observations um, might have pulled other things out of there. So before I jump into interpretations, Annika, was there any observations that you made from that text that you might have dug into or might dig into? So I'm not great at keeping my observations separate from my interpretations sometimes, so you can stop me. But the thing, even just as I was reading it this time, because I haven't read it for a couple of weeks, was all the prophecies that were fulfilled. That mm-hmm. I mean, at least three times it quotes Old Testament scripture and says, he did this so that this would be fulfilled. And that's my observation. I won't keep going. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And thankfully, I really love the way that our Bibles mm-hmm. um, make those bold. So yeah. you can't really miss it. It's really, you can just go back and look and see prophecies being fulfilled, especially right. like we said, Matthew is, it's being written to show that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Messiah that they had been looking for. Right. So. And in each of those, like I like you said, I love that our Bible has it in bold, but it says in the text before that, so that this would be fulfilled. or yes. So it's really clear. I mean, that makes sense because of Matthew's whole goal in writing this. He makes it clear that all of these things are, are predicted for centuries. Mm-hmm. I'll get to that actually a little bit, I think, in my application. I'm not sure whether I touch on interpretation. But jumping into interpretation, this is where we get to sit and sort of just wonder about things for a little bit. The first interpretation that I wrote down is that I just wanted to sit and ponder for a moment the fact that the Jewish people's greatest hope was a Messiah that was to come. And it turns out that the first people that come to tell people that he's here or that the king of the Jews has arrived are these people from what I we assume is from the Orient. It says from the East. Mm-hmm. So the China or wherever. Right. And so they're here to announce that he's here and they're looking for him to worship him. And because I kind of gathered from their reaction, when they finally get to the place where Jesus is, where they fall to their knees and they worship him immediately, it makes me wonder whether they were actually trapped, like if they were from so far away that it actually took them the Mm -hmm. full two years to Mm -hmm. get there. And see, now I'm interpreting here because I, I am jumping ahead of myself. My second interpretation is the fact that the wise men could not have been there when the shepherds were there because mm-hmm. the shepherds, the announcement to the shepherds came right as Jesus was born. Right. They came to worship him in the manger. Right. Here, there's no manger scene when the wise men arrive. But also you can tell from the place where it says that um, Herod had killed all the babies to and under yeah. according to what the wise men had said, mm-hmm. which makes it seem like, because we don't see in verse 7, it says, Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the mm-hmm. star appeared. Because he's looking to find out when the baby was born. It doesn't say when he appeared, but we see that in the end, Herod kills all babies to and under. So we can assume, or we might assume, that the star must have appeared two years before. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you wonder whether those wise men, one, how on earth did they know? Yes. What? Yes. What prophecy had they been told or what dream had come to them? Right. Or these are wise men, so they've been studying the stars probably. And they're not... They're not Jewish wise men. They are not Jewish wise men. So that, how they fit into the story is really cool too to me. I mean, something we won't, we don't really, it doesn't tell us for sure in the text, but how these men from, I mean, obviously a really long distance because it, I I think you're right. Like it probably took them a long, long time to travel to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. How did they find out about it in the first place? And then how did they know that this baby was supposed to be worshipped? 
However, they found out about it. Right. At the same time they found out about it, they realize, okay, this baby is not just any baby. He's not just, and even, I mean, maybe they're worshiping him just because he's a king. Maybe it's not just, maybe it's not. um, Well, even if he was just a king, I mean, where else do you hear of people traveling traveling from for two years to worship a baby? Right. Right. So what was the excitement leading up to it? How did they know about it? And what made them believe? Because it seems like they believed that he that he was a, a different kind of, the world. of king. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so what did God tell them and how did God tell them that made them go on this crazy long journey and then worship, recognize who he was right. when they saw him? That's where I'm going to get to some of my applications, but part of my... Well, let me jump back up to number one first. The, the, the last part of that interpretation that I made that I want to talk about is the fact that the wise men came to Herod asking about this king of the Jews. And then Herod, I can only imagine, I mean, in the military community, there's like this rank and file, right? Mm-hmm. And you just assume that the CEO knows what's going on, <laughs> right? Like the guy in charge knows what's happening. Yeah. And you know, if you have any interaction with people who are in charge, how frustrated they can be when they find out something's Something been that, going on and they had no idea. Right, but right? they should have. Right, yeah. exactly. So I'm yeah. picturing Herod just kind of being like, I'm, wait, excuse me. Let me just <laughs> consult my people that should have told me about this like, yeah. maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And him going to his wise men and then like kind of searching the scriptures. And I love that it specifically says that all of Jerusalem was disturbed. Mm-hmm. Like they were equally disturbed. I mean, Herod's disturbed because there's this new king, right? right? So are they disturbed for the same reason? Like who's right. this guy? Who's coming up unknown to the rest of us? But... The point being that these wise men come knowing that there's a king and the, and then our wise men, I say our, like I'm part of the Israel nation, but like the wise men who um, belong to that nation are going, uh, uh <laughs> Bethlehem. Yeah. I mean, it says Bethlehem. That's right. I think Bethlehem. Yeah. Go, go to Bethlehem. Go yeah. yeah. And so they send them off to Bethlehem and, um. And we still don't know, like I said, whether that was even accurate, right? Because while Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I mean, Luke tells us that Joseph is actually from Nazareth. Right. And we find out at the end of the text that they end up settling back in Nazareth. So we don't really know, like I said, where he was actually found. So we're actually coming up with probably more questions than answers so far in this text, which I am, you know me, I'm quite fine in that Mm -hmm. gray area. But um, so at the end, the answers that I do, from the interpretations, my last set of interpretations is that like what we can what we can tell from this text that I love is that God makes sure to communicate exactly what he wants to communicate to the people he needs to communicate mm-hmm. it to in the moments that he needs to communicate it. So even though I didn't make those observations from Joseph's dream or even the wise men's dreams, but we can see that God somehow communicated to the mm-hmm. wise men. We might not know how, but we right. know that he did, he did. Yeah. in the perfect way yeah. that let them know that it was going to be worth a two years journey. Right. It worked. To go. Right. Yeah. So they, he communicates with them through a star and they follow it. And then he communicates them with them again in a dream to tell them not to go back to tell Herod. Then he communicates to Joseph to leave where he is, mm-hmm. to hide from Herod, communicates to Joseph in a dream again to come back. There's just mm-hmm. so many ways that we see God being faithful to communicate what people need to know in order for his plans to be mm-hmm. fulfilled and for them to be safe. And so that leads to our applications. There's a couple of applications. The first one is that 
especially in an uncertain time in my life. You know, right now we're getting ready Mm -hmm. to move one more PCS in a long series of them in the military. And there's just so many unknowns. There's where are we going to live? What school is going to be best for my kids? What do we go send them to public school or do we homeschool them? Do we buy a car here or do we buy a car there? Do we rent a place for a certain time? Do we ship our stuff early? Do we ship it late? We just, there's so many questions about where we're headed. But the truth is, is that God is able to communicate everything he needs to communicate. And what doesn't need to be communicated, he still fulfills his plans. Right. He doesn't, especially for somebody's life that's surrendered mm-hmm. to him. And so I take great comfort in knowing that I'll, I'll know everything I need to know. If there's yeah. something I need to know, he can be sure. I can be sure that he will let yeah. me know, whether it's through a star or a dream <laughs> or a simply a whisper of the Holy Spirit. So that's the one application. And then the second application that I take from it that I love, especially since we just came out of studying Daniel. Mm-hmm. I love that we can always be sure God is capable of fulfilling all of his plans outside of time. So if two years passed between the Savior's birth and a public announcement of his birth, which fulfilled many prophecies, we can be sure God is acting right now to fulfill every prophecy of his second coming. Mm -hmm. So that hope that we have of his return is not, we can be confident in Mm -hmm. it. And and not only that, but we shouldn't be like the Jews who were caught off guard and disturbed. Mm -hmm. We should be waiting like the wise men. We should be looking for the signs because all of the signs have been given to us. Um, and we should be waiting to see. And one of the things that's cu- that has stuck out to me in my reading, so for those of you that are reading that dive booklet, you know that I generally do my daily reading plan. So I'm reading from four different books in addition to taking a chapter and doing an inductive Bible study. So in a recent reading, I was reading, I don't even know, it might have even been in the later portion of Matthew or Luke. I think it was one of the Gospels. I was reading about how... Jesus says that one of the that the sign in the sky will be like a flash of lightning. So one of the signs of his second coming will mm-hmm. be it will be like a flash of lightning. He says, and I was trying to imagine like, well, what does that mean? And while I don't really know that it's actually going to literally look like a mm-hmm. flash of lightning, I know that it will be seen from everywhere, from mm-hmm. you know horizon to horizon, and it will spread quickly. You know, yeah. there's certain characteristics of lightning that you're like, oh, okay, it's probably going to be these certain things. Yeah. So many signs in the sky between like the star that the uh, wise men followed or the angels say after Jesus ascends into heaven, he's going to return just like he left. So we can assume he's going to be coming from mm-hmm. the sky, which is a place where it's easily seen mm-hmm. from. At any rate, there's, there's signs and there's prophecies that he gives us all throughout scripture that while we don't know exactly how or when or what it's going to look like, we have enough clues that we should recognize them mm-hmm. and we should be looking for them and we should be anxiously awaiting mm-hmm. his arrival because he will arrive. Right, because he's given enough he's given us enough. He's proven himself enough. Just seeing the story, like how the story unfolds and how God keeps multiple promises just in this one little section. It just naturally grows our faith, gives us reasons to trust that all these things in the future that you were just talking about, we have reason. We don't need reason to trust them because he's God, but he's given us reasons and it's all laid out right there for us. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that as ridiculous as sometimes it feels to be a believer that's waiting for a second coming of Christ. (laughs) Like if you think about how ridiculous that sounds... You can also be sure that the Jews felt the same way right. as they're like waiting for this Messiah mm-hmm. that, that they believed was to come, but they're mm-hmm. waiting hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Now we're in like the thousands and thousands of right. years part, but 
he is going to come. And sure enough, he did come and he fulfilled all those things that yeah. were spoken of hundreds and hundreds of years before. The same thing is about to happen. Like at any moment, the same thing could happen. All of it becomes fulfilled and suddenly it all makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. So yes, there's that at one point, I can't remember where it is in scripture, but it talks about Maranatha. That word means he is mm-hmm. coming. Like that that's a greeting that we should be saying to each mm-hmm. other as believers, just like the reminder, like he's coming, he yeah. is coming, he is coming, he fulfills his promises. That's what I got from chapter two. Do you have anything to add before we close? No, I don't think so. That's inductive Bible study in a nutshell. We focused on our observations at the beginning, and then again, we took our interpretations are where we just kind of look at the text and we start thinking more deeply about the text. We ask questions like why, who, how did they feel? And so that idea when we talked about Herod and what he must have been feeling, like not having any idea that there was a king to come that people were clearly expecting, that would be staying in interpretations because you're still dealing with the text and you're dealing with the story itself and trying to have a deeper understanding of the story. Whereas when you do the applications, then you take that story and you see how those feelings or those experiences apply to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dive Matthew. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see.